This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay. We'll take a break a little bit from talking about the Shilas of Avelos and Svira Saimer. We'll talk a little bit some interesting Shilas that come off from the upcoming Parashia Sashavua, from Parashas Achimois and Kedoshim. We've discussed many times, and when we learned the Parsha, the Gemara and Midrashim give numerous reasons for why Nadav Avihu died. The Gemara gives a bunch of reasons, Mepharshim, Midrashim. Much has been written and much has been discussed on why Nadav Avihu died, why those two died as opposed to perhaps Aaron's other two children, because there is a Medrash, Medrash says very clearly, Medrash Rabbah says that Aaron was supposed to lose all four of his children, but Mikayah he only lost two out of four. So there's many, again, the Gemara has many pshatim, and we've mentioned in the past, the Chassam Seifer tries to learn that there was all one, one pshat, and why they all died. But I came across something amazing this week. I found it quoted by three different people. The first person I quoted by is a Sefer I didn't, I'm not familiar with, but the last two people I saw was both the Ben Ishchai and the Marsham. They both say something unbelievable, and it's very relevant to the Halacha. They say that the reason why Aaron Akoyin's children died was a punishment to Aaron. What did Aaron do wrong? So both the Marsham and the Ben and Parsha shaved him right because if you look at the names Nadav Va'aviyu, where do those names come from? So Ben writes the name Nadav was named after Aaron's father-in-law. Why? Because who was Aaron's wife? Elisheva Bas Aminadav. So the name Nadav was being named for his father-in-law. That was uh, Nadav. And who was Avihu named for? Avihu, for my father. Says the Ben Ishchai and the Marasham, they both write this like like no big deal. That the reason why Aaron do- the Aaron's kids died is a punishment to Aaron because he reversed the order. He should have named for his side first and his wife's side second. As I get past the Ben Ishchai, and so writes the, uh, the Marasham. What I don't understand about this pshat is I understand. So the first time he got it wrong, so he deserves the, the punishment. I'm not sure why the second son he got punished for. He fixed it. Meaning, I guess the whole avla was, was twofold. It was naming for his father-in-law first and for his father second. That whole experience was an avla. And for that whole avla, he got two patches. He lost, he lost two sons. Okay. So writes there. Yeah. We'll get to it. That, that's what today shares about. Very good. Okay. So what, what, what's this all about? So you see L'Chaira from both these commentaries that the accepted practice was the reversal. The accepted practice is that Aaron should have named after his side, and his wife should have got the second side. So where does that, where does that practice come from? That Aaron Akoyin made a mistake. He should have reversed the order. Why should he have reversed the order? So if you talk, take a look in Parshas Vayeshev, the Torah is describing, and Paraklam and Ches, the Torah is talking about the children of Yehuda. So the Torah tells us Yehuda had his first son, Vatar Vatelad Ben Vayikra Eshmai Er. Yehuda called him Er. So you see that this father gets the right to the first son. Then the Torah continues, he had another baby, Vatikra, and she called him Oinon, because it goes uh, order. First he gets it, then she gets it. Third son, Vatikra es Shemoi Shela. The third son is, is born, and she names him Shela. Why does she get the name? I thought it goes in order. Him, then her, then him. It's supposed to go in order. So, why did she get the name? Says the Daz came, you gotta read the end of the Pasuk. Yehuda was out of town. 
Chazib was the name of a place. Says the Das Kenim, Yehuda was away. Since Yehuda was away, he lost his opportunity to name the baby. Says the Das Kenim, what do we see from here? That there was an order. It went father, mother, father, mother, father, mother. So at least we now have a source, at least in the Chumash, for this practice that the father has the right to go first, and then the mother goes subsequently. What is interesting, if you look up the Ben Ishchayim Parsha Shoftim, he doesn't make it sound like everyone did it. He says, B'makayim shenagu. There were those communities that that was the practice. And he says a Chiddush. He says, and if you are in a community where the practice is that the father takes the name and the wife takes the second name, he says you can't forgo it. You can't be moichel. You have to stick with that. You can't pass it up. You can't make like a trade, you know, for a scout to be named later, you know, and for money under the table. You can't do that. If the husband gets the first name, the wife gets the second name, and no mechila is applicable. But the Lashon of Ben Ishchai is b'mokim shenogu, meaning not every place had this practice, but if you're in such a place that has the practice, that's the way it's supposed to go. The Ben Ishchai also writes, if you want a name after both, he says, use two names, but he says, but the husband gets the name first. So if it's going to be, you know, uh, Yisrael Yaakov, so Yisrael is the father's name, and Yaakov is the mother's uh, side, but the husband's side has to go first. What is interesting about this, Das Ken Nebali Atosvis, is that the Ramban writes on this Dazakenim, he writes something very interesting. The Ramban writes on this Dazakenim, he says, Ain by Tam the Ain by Reach. There's nothing here. Right? There's no smell and there's no taste. Which sounds like the Ramban is arguing on this whole no- notion of who gets which name. He doesn't believe in it, but we know it's not true. Why? Because if you look at the Chuvas Rashbash, he tells us an interesting bit of history. He tells us that the Ramban's daughter, the Ramban's son, married Rabbi Yoyinu's daughter. Talk about a shidduch, okay? So the Ramban's son was married to Rabbeinu Yoyinu's daughter, and Rabbeinu Yoyinu was, was very sick. And Rabbeinu Yoyinu's daughter was pregnant. And Rabbeinu Yoyinu died before the baby was born. So the Ramban told his, told his son, don't give me the name. Even though you should name the baby after me because it's, it's our side, we're first. But give it after Rabbeinu Yoyinu, the shver who just died, because he just died. So what do you see? It wasn't that the Ramban was arguing on the Das Kedim in this sequence of events. He believes in it. The Ramban felt that he has the right to the name. But over here, he made an exception. Since Rabbi Yehonu just died, he felt that it's more kedai to give the name to Rabbi Yehonu. So we see clearly that he also believed in this practice of boys' side first. <coughs> yeah. Yes, Svaradim name for the life. That's true. That's also true. But this is discussion of who gets the right to the name. So here, Ravad Yosef writes in the Chuvin, he assumes for Dava Pasha, that this is the way it goes. Just like the way it used to be in the Chumash, just like the way the Mepharshim say it, is the son gets the first right. It's irrelevant for what the name is going to be. So, sometimes, yes, 100%. But there's a different discussion. The question is, even if you're not going to name for the living, who gets the right to the name? The answer is the Svaradim hold, the dad gets first dibs on the name. However, Ravaja disagrees. Ravaja holds that the, fa- the husband can forgo it. If let's say, for example, like the case in the Ramban, let's say the husband has the right to the first name, but he wants to forgo it. So he has an interesting shayl in Yabiyim. He wants to know, is that considered a pagam in the covet of the father? Meaning, if I have the right to get my father's side gets the name, and I decide to be Meichel, maybe that's Bezayan. Even though we pass in the Gemara, Avsha Machal, Kvaydi, Kvaydi, Machal, but you can't be Mavazi, your father. So the Rebbe Vajji says, that's not Bezayan. He says, Mechila is different, and oh, it's acceptable, and that you could do. Why Taka should the name go to the father first? 
So Rabbi Vajin, that Shuvah, writes two very interesting svaras. He says, first of all, because the baby's birth is really most relevant to the father. He's the one that actually has a mitzvah pervirivya. The mother has no mitzvah pervirivya. We pointed this out many times. Women have no mitzvah pervirivya. Only men have a mitzvah pervirivya. Therefore, says Rabbi Vajin, since the father has a mitzvah pervirivya, that explains why he gets the first baby. Then he gives another svar, which is very interesting. He says, because we know from the Chumash that the fetuses belong to the father. When we did the sugi of abortion, we pointed this out, that you don't want to tell the, uh, the anti-abortion chavra, the, the, the pro-abortion chavra, this idea, that according to the Torah, the fetus belongs to the father. If someone comes over to the mother who's pregnant and, 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 and damages the baby, the, baby, the demay of Allah does not go to the wife. They go to the husband. It's Xavier Sarkas, the Gemara Baba from a Pasuk, that that fetus belongs to the father. Therefore, says Rabbi Vaji, you see from the Torah that the Torah considers this fetus not property of the mother, rather property of the father. And therefore, says Rabbi Vajra, for those reasons, he believes that the father has the first dibs. Now, the problem with that logic is that the father should have dibs on every baby. Why well, only the first baby? But that's the svar he writes in his tshuva. Reb Chaim Kenevsky brings another reason of why the mother gets the first dibs. He says because she's the, he, he wants to explain the other way. Why is the minute that the mother gets the first dibs? That's the Ashkenazic practice. So Reb Chaim Kenevsky writes because she was the one who went through Tsar Leda. Since she was the one who went through, you know, the, the, the pain of childbirth, she at least gets the first baby. Again, following that logic, she should get every baby's name, but that's just not fair. So at least the first one we give to her because she was the one who perhaps, you know, went through the most pain. They quote a very, another nice pshat from the Sefer Keser, Keser Ephraim. They quote a pshat that the reason why the mother gets the first name, the reason why the Ashkenazic practice is the mother gets the first name is because the mother, right after marriage, gives up the most. Right? The mother, when, she, when the wife gets married, she basically departs from her, fa- from her family. She's no longer the same connection she has to her family. She's now connected to her husband for hugging purposes, for keeping of aim purposes. So as like a, you know, a going away prize, we say that even though you are detaching yourself from your family, the first baby goes to your family. That's the svara that he gives. If Yaakov Kamenetsky on Chumash comes up with a little bit of a different svara. He wants to say that the first son goes to the... He really, if Yaakov thinks the mother should be the ones to name the baby. Yaakov feels that the mothers have a better feeling of what the child is going to be and what name is appropriate for the child. He says the father got the first name, says Yaakov, is because the first son used to be the one who would take over the family. So that he should take over the father's name. He's taking over the family business. He should have the same name. That's how Rabbi Yaakov explained why he went that way. It's interesting. Rabbi Moshe has a tshuva about this. Very, very interesting tshuva. In Yerodei, Chelo Gimel, Sem Kufi Rav. Someone asked Rabbi Moshe, very heart-wrenching Shiloh. A couple had a baby. The first baby, the baby died shortly after. They named the baby. And then a few days later, the baby died. So the Shiloh was, who has rights to the second name? So the husband claimed, the wife got her right already. She's done. She's finished. She got her first baby. And now I get the second baby. And Ramosha said no. Ramosha disagreed. Ramosha said no. The wife retains her right to the name again. So the Ashkenazic custom by far has been accepted, not like the Svite. We assume that the wife gets the first name, the husband does not get the first name. So Yosef Chaim Zonfeld points out that he has a kasha on this chat. He said, how can you tell me that Nadav Aviu died? Because Aaron Akai named after his father, more before he named after his father. But Ashkenazim do that. So how can it be that he did something wrong? So because of this reason, Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld does not like this chat. He finds it very hard to imagine that this is why Nadav Aviu died. If what Nadav Aviu did, it wasn't so terrible. Ashkenazim have been doing it for generations. It's not clear when Ashkenazim started doing it, but this has been the Ashkenazic, and it is still the Ashkenazic practice. So he says, how can it be that Nadav Aviu died? I don't know, was Aaron Akoyin more Svari than he was Ashkenazi? He was neither. So it's hard to imagine, he writes, that Aaron Akoyin died due to this reason. Now, there's no Medrash that says this. All the Medrash says is that Aaron was supposed to lose all four children. It doesn't say why. 
But this is an unbelievable pshat that Aaron Akain was punished because he named the wrong order. Now, again, if you hold, like we saw from Rebbe Vajah, that you can forego that, so then maybe Aaron Akain worked it out. He said, listen, I, I need a, my wife gets to go first this time, and he was Michalit, so if there was Mechila, then he shouldn't have been punished. So the Chayrit Saraya, then maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu holds, not like Rebbe Vajah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu holds, like we saw from the Benesh Chai, that you can't be Michal. You gotta take the first name. Therefore, since you gotta take the first name, Aaron Akain was held accountable. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't discuss the Shalom bias in that relationship, but that was the tshuva that Ramosha dealt with. Um, we're trying to stall, not stall for time, we're trying to make it a little later. Discuss another shayla that comes up in this week's parasha, also equally fascinating in my opinion. Someone asked Abzilbus in the following shayla. In this week's parasha we talk about uh, not lying. Lo yisishaku, the person's not supposed to lie. So someone asked Abzilbus in the following shayla. He wants to put up a sign in his front yard, guard dog. But he doesn't have a guard dog. But he wants to scare people. A scare tactic. Put up a big sign, guard dog. Scare everyone away. So he wants to know, is that us? So what's the Shiloh? So there's two, twofold Shiloh. Shiloh number one is what we call Genevas Das. You're not allowed to fool people. You're not allowed to deceive people. And Shiloh number two is Lysa Shakri. Not a lot of lie. There's no guard dog. This guy probably doesn't know what guard dog is. But he wants to put on it guard dog. So they, so Zilberstein answers each Shiloh separately. He says, if you want to talk about Genevas Das, which this sounds very much like Genevas Das, you're stealing the perception of people. They think there's a dog there. He says, that's not what Geneva's Das is. He says, if you look in the Rambam, in Hilchas Deus, where the Rambam describes the Isra of Geneva's Das in Perak Beis, Halachavov, when the Rambam says, you're not allowed to be Geneva's Das, he says, what are the examples? What's an example of Geneva's Das? So he says, Ketzer, Lo yimko lenochi bas in the velo mokin bas ha-shchuta. Now you don't sell a guy in the velo, you know, instead of shchuta, because you, you make yourself like a big knock, I'm selling the guy just because I'm trying to deceive someone out of something significant. Meaning, don't do anything to make the other person think higher of you. A classic example is you go over to a guy, you say, Oh, you didn't get my invitation, and you know you didn't invite him to the wedding. But you make it sound like you invited him to the wedding because you're trying to make yourself look better. Said Absilber said, You're not trying to make yourself look better, you're just trying to protect yourself. You're not trying to over somebody over here. I guess you can argue having a guard dog maybe makes you look wealthier, makes you look like a rich guy. So he passes, that's not us, sir. I, what about Sheker? So he says, that's not Sheker either. So he says a story with his, with, with Rebchaim Kenevsky, his brother-in-law. He said they had a Shiloh, a guy was shipping matzahs from uh, Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlaretz. He didn't want them to break in transport. So they wrote on it, glass, fragile. It's, it's lie, it's not glass, it's matzah. So someone told me, no, no, fragile just means, glass, fragile just means I value this so much like glass. No, that, that's a lie. This is not glass, you can't write glass. You can write fragile. Taki is fragile. Matzahs are fragile. They cost more than some glass, but you can't call it that glass. Glass is sheker. So they have a rifle in Gemara. Yuvam is kuf tezvav. The Gemara talks about a case where a person has a barrel, and on the barrel it says the word truma, and the Gemara says no, it's really still chulin in it. So why did he keep the word chulin? Because last time around it had truma in it. I what happened to sheker? So you see, it's not sheker. So he passes a lachol so You could put up a false sign. Uh, you could put up, you know, I guess here you could put up a sign. You know, gun carrier in the house. I forget the guard dog, right? Gun carrier lives in this house. Yeah, I'm on, I'm all, you see those signs. Gun carrier lives here. This is the home of someone who has a gun. So you scare the life out of somebody. Right, so that you could do. I guess it's the same shadow. Some, a lot of people put up video cameras in front of the house. The video cameras don't work. Fake. They're fake cameras. They don't work. The battery ran out. They're all deterrent. So the same thing. It's not also. You're being granted from the robbers. Okay, I don't think there's going to have a from the robbers. And also, they say it's not checker. Now, granted, that's a lot better a fake camera because I'm not even lying. When I put up a sign that says guard dog here, there's no guard dog, that's a lie. I put up a camera, I'm not lying. Where's the sheker? 
I just put up a camera and lechera. That should not be a shaila of of shekel. Right, that's that's why it's not going to be a because no one's really being harmed in this process. No one's life is changing. There's no f- different false feelings, and therefore it's not a problem of Gnevas das.